calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. This episode of Diking Out is brought to you by Studio. Studio is revolutionizing headphones by combining modern Scandinavian design with studio sound quality. And right now, our listeners can get 15% off their purchase by going to studio.com. That's S U D I O, and using the code DIKE, capital D Y K E. They have all different models and colors, plus free worldwide shipping. Now, let's get to the show. I, like, never had, like, happy ending sleepovers when I was a kid. All of my girlfriends did. I never had one. Oh, I one. never, I never yeah. even came close to that. No. no. That's, like, that was, that's not a thing. No. From, at least in my, or in my circle of friends, I suppose. But I, like, yeah. And, and I've I heard that it happens with boys a lot. Like, teenage yeah. boys who are still kind of, like, they're just these little hormonal monsters when they're that young. And yeah. they just, you know. They're very comfortable playing with their penises in front of each other. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of my girlfriends like, yeah, we used to like fuck all the time when we were kids. And I was like, what? I yeah. missed out on everything. Yeah. yeah. I just, we just watched Sexier with Mark now. Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon yeah. for that roller coaster scene and then felt weird about it. I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out, diking out, diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, the podcast that is almost never the lead in a rom-com. I'm Carrie Berg. <laughs> I'm Sarah York. And today we'll be diking out with Canadian stripper, comedian, and artist Jacqueline Francis, a.k.a. Jack the Stripper, on the topic of femme invisibility. Her written and illustrated titles include The Beaver Show and Striptastic, a celebration of dope-ass cunts who like money. I want to just say that title over and yeah. over again. That's the best title for anything ever. Uh, she lives in Brooklyn with her wife and plants. Jack, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. Uh, you know, we've talked about you on this podcast before. Um, not using your name, though, but uh, because you are the person who helped introduce Amber Rollo to the fascinating world of stripping. And on our strippers episode, she mm -hmm. came on to talk about it and her experience. Yeah, I, um, yeah, we went and um, did an audition together. Yeah. And got rejected. She, she got rejected, right? We both oh, did. You both yeah. did. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. totally. Oh, yeah. Rejection is 90% of the job. Wow. You get turned down all the time. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. But like we said no, and it's the worst. You like get naked for like 10. This club had you do a three-song audition. And most clubs, it's like a 20-second audition because they're busy. Mm-hmm. You just have to like get naked and make sure that you're not like branded with somebody else's name on your body. That's pretty <laughs> much what they're looking for. Right. And this club made us do three songs. So that's 10 minutes that's a long time. of dancing naked on a balcony stage. So you're not even like a balcony in, stage. You're not even like in the the excitement of the club, but you audition usually when it's earlier and there's no excitement in the club anyway. Yeah. So you have to just be acting so into yourself and hot for 10 minutes dancing for no one apart from like a judge leering in the corner. Wow. And um and we both got rejected. And I was like, this is stripping. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the club. This is the worst. <laughs> this welcome. is it. This is exactly it. Like a person who will yeah. definitely doesn't look as good as you naked is judging you. Right. Have, have you been back to that one since? Like, do you go back to places where you didn't get past and try to get past again? Like in comedy? I, you know, I should go back. Yeah. I should go back. Well, yeah, actually, I auditioned a couple of times. No, it's so like when they reject you once, it's rare that they'll let you again. Like you can audition again, yeah. but it's very rare that they will let you that they will hire you again. Like, I remember I was trying to audition at this one club that was a terrible place, but, like, I wanted to work there. And they said no, but I knew this one manager said no, but I knew one of the nicer managers would say yes. So I went when that nicer manager was working, and he hired me. Yeah. And the following day, I came back to work, and the other manager was working. He's like, you can't work. I was like, I just got hired yesterday. He's like, you can't work here. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, I just got hired. I'm dressed. I'm ready to go. He was like, no. And I had to plead, and I got the day shift. Oh, man. Which is like, yeah, like, stripping is, like, amazing and also, like, the the most humbling experience. Like, you're also, like, validated for being, like, a woman with cash, which is my favorite thing in the world. But then you're also, like, having, like, shitty men tell you you can't work and you have to show up at 11.45 in the morning to dry hump dads on their lunch break. Yeah. <laughs> I did that for six oh months. Oh, my God. It was the saddest. Oh, it was the saddest. Actually, no. I, I mean, like, you guys moved to New York. Right. right? Yeah. Like, moving to New York, you cry, like, frequently. Yeah. <laughs> so I was crying frequently during the day shift. Yeah. At a strip club. Did you do any stripping <laughs> when you were in Montreal? No. Okay. No, I started in Australia. Okay, because Montreal is the only place where I've been to um, female strip clubs. Like where there's women dancing? Where there's women dancing. Yeah. yeah. For women or just women dancing? Just just women dancing. So you mostly go to male strip clubs? Well, All the time. This is fascinating <laughs> to me. I love this. <laughs> As somebody with a lot of straight friends. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so my first time going to a strip club was a male strip club, but that was when I was in... Oh, on St. Catherine Street, all the... Uh, hard yeah. bodies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, no. So I didn't go to male ones in Montreal, but in um, Clifton Hill um, near Niagara that? Falls. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're when you're in high school in Buffalo, you get a fake ID when you're 16 to say you're 19, right. so that you can cross the border and go party in Canada. And then you we sure would do. go to <laughs> uh, to the strip club, and it was peppermints and mints, and there were two levels, and one was female dancers the other one was male dancers and then of course my friends wanted to go to the male dancers and then you couldn't get into the female ones unless you had men with you oh god because they yeah. probably didn't want a bunch of drunk girls just going in there and, and not, not spending, spending money. money on that lap dances yeah totally yeah we yeah i mean 
lady patrons really don't have a good rap in strip clubs. No. They no. really don't. Like, yeah. Like, Just because they're not throwing down the money generally? No, the, or that's part of it. But, like, I hate perpetuating this, but I have a theory to back it up. So, like, let's mm-hmm. do this. Um, no, women are extremely entitled and aggressive in strip clubs. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Like, extreme, like, no respect for your boundaries. Like, yeah. grabbing. I've had a girl pull down my underwear when I was dancing on stage. I've had a girl try to touch my vagina when I was dancing on stage. Ugh. I had another woman who, a gay woman, and who was, like, trying to touch me. And I was like, you cannot touch me. And she was like, come on, I'm a woman. And I was like, it's my body. No, yeah. no, no, you can't. Yeah. And then she was like... She said, like, she stood up in her chair when I was dancing for her, and she said, get the fuck out of here. <gasps> what? Like an aggro pimp. Yeah. Like, get the fuck out. <laughs> like, she was, what? yeah, it was so, uh, and, like, oh I had God. to. I'm picturing her wearing, like, a visor and, like, long cargo shorts with a polo tucked in. Yeah, I don't know yeah, why I have, like, you know like what, a, you're not far off. I don't know why I have, like, a, a Midwestern <laughs> softball coach in mind. Like, she blows her whistle and is like, get Hit the bricks, pal. Yeah. Well, she she did a lot of the things. Like, she was like, I've spent so much money here already. Like, she so? did the thing. Exactly, yeah. right? And Congrats. she was. Okay. Anyway, I had to, like, get security to talk to her. And apparently oh, she felt bad. Whatever. I mean, this happens a lot. And, and I like, my theory behind this is that women treat women how they've been treated by men. Because, like, you're in a club. See, you're that, like, oh, this is where I perform masculinity. Even that, if I'm. Even if I not don't like feel like this is where I perform like yeah. misogyny. Yes, so I think I'm going to pull out this woman's valid. panties. Yeah, I can but, see that. But that, mm-hmm. then I'm surprised about the the gay woman because right, you would think yeah. a gay woman would have more. But but there's also performative uh, misogyny. Oh, yes. Totally. Yeah. In the gay community, absolutely. So so yeah. then I can kind of see that there. No, the the male strip clubs, and I've been to Hunkamania in New York City as part of a bachelor yeah. party, uh-huh. um, and I I enjoy actually going to male strip clubs so more because they're they're so funny. It's like going to a comedy show for me because these men are so ridiculous, yeah. and some of them are so not talented. <laughs> That's but exactly they, how I feel. They are trying a women's strip club. It's hilarious and like not, nobody's talented, or some yeah. of us are talented, yeah. but that's not the point. But, yeah. <laughs> like, but, but then also like this idea of like what's sexy to a straight woman is like these men in like military suits are dressed like yeah. firefighters, Always are dressed like consu- construction workers. Yeah, like it has to be like some silly getup, and then totally um, they're some of them obviously aren't comfortable being a character. Mm-hmm. So they're like <laughs> yeah. trying, but they look kind of uncomfortable. But then you have ones who are very talented and very good at what they do, but like none of it is sexy to me. So by default, it's just funny because yeah. it's men parading around in their skivvies, just yeah. like dressed up for Halloween. And I think I would thing. have a lot of fun just crowd watching there too. Like I feel like oh, the yeah. crowd at a, at a strip club where men are stripping would be more entertaining yeah. than like watching a crowd at a strip club where women are dancing. I don't know. Cause yeah, no, a strip club where women are dancing. is just, I mean, a mixed for, bag. from my experience, it's just like a lot of guys with a drink in one hand, just kind of looking a little just sad look, and just yeah, like yeah. staring. Is that what it's like? <laughs> like what? I mean, totally. It's, it's and it's my not. job to make them happy. Yeah. <laughs> I just like skip up to them. I'm like, hi, <laughs> how are you? Tell me about your day. How was it? Tell me everything. Yeah. Um, but it's funny too, though, because I talk to male strippers. It's, I mean, I, I'm not a male stripper. I don't know what it's like, but the, again, the aggression from the 
the the patrons oh, is intense. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I think I just think women like when they're like given permission to like be horny and throw money mm-hmm. and like which is a very like which is still to me like still kind of performing masculinity even if yeah. you're in a strip club throwing money at men. Yeah, it's like aggression. I have money. I have power. I'm taking this. I'm taking what's mine. I'm taking your body. I'm like yeah. objectifying you. And, but, you just go fucking nuts. I mean, like, I a guy lose his shirt. A woman ripped his shirt off him and stole it. He yeah. went home without a shirt oh on. Oh, my God. Yeah. They, I had a, one they guy. They crazy. One yeah. guy works at a strip club. How blue can I go in this story? It's Do gross. It. It's not. He, maybe, I don't know. This is a story that he told me. But he said this, this hot, rich fucking lady <laughs> threw a wad of cash on a table and said, whoever comes first gets the cash. Oh, my God. And all the guys whipped it out and jerked off. And wow. Went, yeah. It Was this like in a back room or Who like knows? in the wow. – He's just like, I strip in New Jersey. And I was like, I want to <laughs> go there. I want to see what it's like. And he was like, it's intense. And I was like, I believe you, you know. Yeah. And like every club is different and everybody has different boundaries and what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with. Some people are super down to – to jerk off for a wad of cash. I mean, you if know, I had a dick, I'd probably do that. I was oh my say, god! Are you kidding? Absolutely. Like, isn't that what guys do? In, isn't that what guys do in middle school without getting cash? Yeah, at the end? <laughs> they just like who can come it's first? Like, I do this like, for free all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I had one sleepover where things were getting like a little out of hand. It was like a friend's birthday party at her place, and at one point, like there's a Polaroid camera, and then someone decided to try to like moon people, and while their pants were down, take pictures of their butts with the Polaroid camera but it was kind of like this aggressive thing like yeah these girls are like running for their lives from other girls who are trying to pull down their pants it it kids got, are like, kids are weird man it was kind of brutal but, yeah. but then like yeah. later in the night these two girls started like kissing but with their hands in front of their mouths interesting and i was like what is going on here <laughs> like that must have uh-huh. like it made me it made me so uncomfortable because th- there i am like n- this is middle school, like seventh grade. So yeah. I didn't know that I was a lesbian yet, but it was also something that was like very intriguing to me. Yeah. So here are like two girls late at night at a sleepover, like kissing with their hands in front of their mouths. You're like, I can't place it, but I feel weird right now. Yeah. I feel funny right now. Yeah, it was very, <laughs> the whole thing was like very bizarre and I felt weird watching them. And oh, anyway, memories. Um, yeah. So something less fun. <laughs> That I that I want to talk about before we get into um, our topic. Oh, and we have a couple of listener emails uh, that will help bring us into our topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about turfs. Okay, um, I'm not super familiar with this yes. topic. So, so if you don't know what a turf is, and apparently they claim that it's a um, like not a nice word to use mm-hmm. or that it's a slur but it just stands for trans exclusionary radical feminist and i believe that they think it's a slur because they think that just being a radical feminist that it should be implied that trans people are left out of it mm-hmm. um i i knew these people existed but it wasn't until they started attacking me on the diking out twitter handle uh, at diking out for anyone who wants to follow <laughs> and <laughs> It got it got really intense, and I had these women telling me that we need to take uh, diking out of the title of our podcast. That I'm not a real lesbian. That really, all sorts of like really nasty stuff 
that all stemmed from um, basically there was this autostraddle article that this bi Latinx mm-hmm. trans woman um, who I saw speak at Clexicon. She wrote an article that said the headline was how to have lesbian sex with a trans woman. Okay. And they were like, that's not lesbian sex if it's with a trans woman because... Turfs, turfs can like think that or, or that's yes. the... Okay. Yes, that's what turfs think. Yeah. So like in, in the article, you know, the article is basically written for any woman who's interested right. in having sex with a trans woman. And if you're interested in doing that or you're just curious about how that's done, because um, it is a whole thing where like a lot of uh, trans people, mm-hmm. um, if they haven't, um, if they're pre-op mm-hmm. um, then or, you know, decide right, right, that they right. don't want an operation, um, they don't really want their genitalia um, treated in a way it would if. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm like really trying hard to explain no, all this mm-hmm. the right way because obviously. So when did the turfs come trans- into the Twitter battle? So so um the Les Hangout podcast uh-huh. retweets this article and they are like, "Yay, good sex for all women!" Right. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at the comments on it and they are like, "Disgusting! This makes me want to vomit." So and these then- people are these are women. Are these cisgender women and, like, like cis lesbians who are... A lot of them are lesbians. So the ones that are, like, the most intense or... No, they, they were all equally intense, but they were saying just, like, that there's all this pressure mm-hmm. on lesbians to have sex with trans women. I'm like, I've never no, there felt isn't. that pressure in my life. Never. And they're, uh, they were... Uh, well, I, I, I only got into the fray because one person made a comment like, my niece just called me crying because of all the pressure to insert uh, <laughs> all the pressure on young lesbians no way to, incorporate, <laughs> to incorporate male penises into their sexuality. And I wrote back, I'm like, nobody is pressuring anyone to do no. anything they don't want to do. This is just an article educating people who are either interested in or curious about sex with trans women. Right. Or like, and written specifically for, for women. And then they just like pounced on me. And they're like, you support conversion therapy. I'm like, what? what? They're like, this article That's is a form of is. conversion <laughs> therapy. I'm like, you are minimizing what conversion therapy is by saying that this article, this like educational article mm-hmm. written by a trans woman is conversion therapy. That is insane. And yeah. then there are a lot of claims about like lesbian erasure and all that stuff. I'm like, like I've been a lesbian <laughs> for a long time and never have I felt like you know, yeah. tra- a trans woman identifying as a lesbian affects the way that I identify no. as a lesbian or my sexuality in any way, shape, or form. And like, even even if you are somebody who um, doesn't believe that you know that a trans woman can be a, a lesbian, right. that it has to be like same sex, not same same gender, to define it. If that's your point of view, then that's your point of view. But I do not get the nastiness of it yeah. and this like total like disgust, total hate, like the mean things that they were saying. It just yeah, it, it gave me a look into like what the 
trans community like has to like how like nasty they're dealing gets with it from all from angles. All Everybody. angles. It's, it's not yeah. just like ignorant conservative people. It's like feminists who you think should be, you know, mm-hmm. uh, embracing the struggle of yeah. people who are feeling uh, oppression. But it's it. But they they treat it like trans women are are a wolf in sheep's clothing just trying to sneak penises in like a crafty way into lesbians. And the, that's the exact the logic that like the bathroom this. laws are based on. Like, yes, that, of the like the trans laws. women are trying to trick us. Like that's that's essentially what that logic is. Yeah, which is it, so flawed. And it's not that any of this is without consequences because right now they're looking to change the um, the laws for how trans people are. Um, you know, where they get sent to prison now. Exactly, yeah. And now because some women in a Texas prison said that they felt like their safety was being compromised by having trans women in the prison. That's ridiculous. So, huh. What a nightmare. Yeah. The the other thing was I was totally on my own in this and there was like, it was just all the, all the turfs against me and all their like nasty comments getting like so many likes and me being like, this is not conversion therapy. And like, it's literally by definition not conversion therapy. And like settle down and you sound like people who are like, you know, gay marriage erases real marriage. Yeah. Because that's not the definition of marriage, you know? It's yeah. it's the same exact thing. I don't... I've never ugh. felt... The only thing I've ever felt intense pressure on from, like, the lesbian community is to adopt a cat. And <laughs> I will not, for the record, ever adopt a cat. You can't make me, all right? Uh, Lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> you can't make me... L- listen to Tegan and Sarah. know all their songs. I'm sorry I only know, like, two of them. And you can't make me adopt a cat. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I've already tried making stance. her listen to Tegan and Sarah's songs. It's just not happening. <laughs> I'm not, not going to watch Buffy, all right? She's, Carrie's tried. All that pressure. <laughs> uh, okay, that's my rant. That's my rant because it Follow took us up, like... Follow us at not on Twitter, and please, for the love of God, jump in when the next time this happens. You know, I, I actually, I had to go in and delete every comment I made because they wouldn't stop, and I couldn't keep dealing with, like, the notifications, mm-hmm. and it was, like, too many people to, like, mute and block individually. So Damn. I was just like, I need this to stop because it it would not stop. And, like, the the nastiness and, like, the piling on, I've just From never encountered that. Yeah, and from like most mostly lesbian women, yeah. and then I'm like very paranoid that they were all going to go on iTunes and give us one star. <laughs> no, they're not doing that. I feel like our bad reviews are hate reviews because who could hate this podcast? Right, IRL. Anyway, um, listener emails back to happy stuff. <laughs> so we got um, one I want to read just because it's very sweet. Um, I just want to email you and thank you for this amazing podcast. It has helped me come into my own as a strong lesbian woman. I've struggled very much with internalized homophobia and listening to you hilarious ladies has helped normalize the LGBTQ plus community. I'm starting to accept myself and love all my gayness. Great. Uh, Before I really felt like I was behind the curve, starting to realize I'm gay now at the age of 22 after listening and hearing stories of so many queer women, I feel like my experiences are valid and I'm close to being ready to start coming out. I didn't really come out until I was about And she's 22. Canadian. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was 21. So that's perfectly fine. You're doing great. Yeah. You're you doing are doing great, great, listener. Thank you for the message. I love our Canadian fans. Yeah. They're so <laughs> was sweet. Was that a Canadian fan? Yeah. I said, love yeah. your Canadian fan. And uh, as if she's the only one. No. Right. <laughs> 
But yeah, if you are a Canadian, Canadians love letting people know they're Canadian. Yeah, they sure they, do. It's that. great. Yeah, and we love letting you know who else is Canadian. Yeah, yeah. if they're on TV right now, like did you know Mike Myers is Canadian? Yeah, yeah. or anyone. Yeah, Rachel yeah. McAdams is Canadian. She sure is. <laughs> so is her. So is her boo, Tim oh, Riggins. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. When I went traveling abroad, like backpacking was, even though I'm Canadian, I didn't really realize the extent of it until I traveled abroad and like every Canadian has like a giant Canadian flag because they <laughs> probably don't want people to think they're American. Right. So to That's make it, it clear. Is. Yeah. They're like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm Canadian. Um, and I, I totally get the yeah. the Canadian pride. I might do and, it too next time yeah. I go, even I, though I've never been to Canada. <laughs> I have like Canadian patches on many of my articles of clothing and backpacks this yeah. is absolutely a thing that we do yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I make sure a certain percentage of my clothing is from roots yeah big old maple leaf <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's great um okay this other email which we can talk about and will lead us into our topic um and i will read the compliment that starts it off even though it's not relevant but uh <laughs> I hope you two are doing amazing because you're both amazing lesbians. Aww, we are. That's really sweet. <laughs> uh, I recently found your podcast, um, blah, blah. I don't know if you guys have covered this topic yet, but if not, you should do an episode on the different types of lesbians, mostly because it's still an issue I'm dealing with at the moment. I grew up playing sports. I love working out because I love being muscular, yet I still love wearing girly clothes, and I absolutely love my long hair. I know there are butches and femme lesbians. I didn't think about whether I was femme or a butch that much until this one lesbian, that one lesbian, there's always one of them, mm-hmm. uh, said online, in quotes, there are only two types of lesbians. Uh, you're either a butch or a femme. And that got me asking myself, what am I? Um, also, I used to think I was only attracted to feminine girls, but I had a crush on a very masculine girl on my rugby team once. Of course. Right. Isn't that where it happens? <laughs> Uh, and after that, I couldn't stop crushing on masculine uh, girls and butches. She wants to hear our professional opinions on this because we are <laughs> professional. professional gays. Oh, my. Uh, but she lives in a small <laughs> conservative city in the Midwest. All right. I'm the familiar. Mid- you know, I would say like half of our guests are from the Midwest. So yeah. And like half the people in this room right now. Yeah. Um, there, there are a lot more Midwest dykes. Oh, than a lot if of you, them. If you're feeling alone in the Midwest, you just need to... <laughs> And they Seek all them out. To us. Send I out the it. the signal, the lesbian bat signal. Um, yeah, I think whoever was that one lesbian that posted that is probably. I was gonna uh, say, I think it was a male TV writer who <laughs> was pretending to be a lesbian on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, when I so I lived in Thailand for a minute. I lived in Bangkok, and like the Bangkok queer scene is really. Um, I guess prolific. Like there's mm-hmm. so many gays in Bangkok. And there's a bar called Z Bar or Zeta. Anyway, you it's women only. Trans women are welcome, of course, because there's so many trans people in yeah. Bangkok mm-hmm. who travel to live there and to get surgery and all those things. But the bar there, I went in and I didn't realize that it is even – like they're totally down with you being queer. But as long as you – perform that in a kind of a hetero way, in a butch femme way. Oh. Yeah. So when I was there, I was – so I was living in Thailand. I was like a dinner theater uh, dancer, 
like the cheesiest okay. dinner theater you could imagine. That was me Great. doing it. Yeah, that and there was a bunch. Of, yeah, yeah, it was so fun. It was the best. <laughs> it was the most ridiculous job. I loved it. And I was like working with a bunch of other dancers. Anyway, I'm at this bar, and I'm dancing with this butch girl, and we dance for a minute. It's super fun. And then this girl comes in who I work with. This super like amazing dancer and she's like I can't believe you're here what are you doing here and anyway I started dancing with her and then the other butch girl comes over to me and she's like wait do you like handsome women or beautiful women and because there's a bit of a language barrier with all these people right they're all speaking English to me they're all Thai women so they're like you know, doing yeah. their best to explain it, and I my, my tie is like four words, so yeah, like, I I'm just I'm just there to dance with all the women. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I like all women, like yeah. butch femme. I don't really care, and right. those those descriptors aren't really that important to me. And but the the butch girl got super pissed at me, and she started like picking a fight. She was like, "You're dancing with everybody else," and I was like, "Oh my god, I just got here. I'm just trying to like." dance and have a good time yeah and it got really messy really fast she did not understand that i didn't like beautiful women or handsome women (laughs) she was like i don't get it and i was like wow this is really dramatic yeah and um so there are still people of the belief in like my age group who think that there's only two kinds of lesbians or queer women or whatever butches and femmes and i'm like (sighs) yeah that's exhausting yeah that's so tiring yeah I used to say there were seven kind of lesbians. Seven? I think it was seven. <laughs> I don't know. This was back when I was in high school. I remember that I had this like seven lesbian theory and <laughs> one was like the, yeah, you're like lipstick lesbian. Oh, yeah. And then, I remember that term. And then uh, you're like bull dyke Yeah. Lesbian. I was terrified of the super dykey lesbians when I was like first coming out and now I'm like kind of one, but <laughs> sort of. And um, then the English teacher lesbian. Oh, my um, God. The... I actually fully get what you mean by English Wait, teacher. Did you have a particular English teacher in your high school? That's... I did. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what's the English teacher lesbian? There, it's more like there, there are just like a lot of teachers who are lesbians and they go by the name Ms. And, you know, yeah. they have they have like a short haircut. But they, There's a little bit of mystery to them. But they to kind them. of dress like a like – a, they, teacher, yeah, librarian. Like they would dress femme enough to like not raise any red flags. They amongst, wear like, the administration. It's or basically they wear a lot of cardigans, cardigans and khakis. Yeah. Uh huh. And but they like teach the not very flattering khakis, like English the, or math. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> there was a biology teacher in my high school, but she was a soccer coach too, and she was like out and married. But like, uh, yeah, yeah. She had kind of that like, can I speak to your manager haircut? Uh, like that yeah. short, that short like. <laughs> I'm going to argue about this Kohl's cash receipt kind of thing happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, one of them was the, was the stripper lesbian slash model lesbian. Mm. Um, you had that in high school that in your head. Yeah. That was just, what he, <laughs> you were so much more advanced than I was. Just because I knew that there were, well, that, I knew that like being queer in the modeling community mm-hmm. was a thing. And then also in the, in the, the stripping dancing, yeah. community, um, and because I knew of somebody at the time and then like throughout my life had met these, uh, lesbians who like only date strippers. Okay. And I always thought that that was like a very interesting thing. I was like, well, there yeah. must be enough to go around <laughs> <laughs> that it's like yeah. a thing. Um, and then like the, you know, the athlete lesbian and then the kind of like dapper. Yeah. Lesbian. I was more, I was really only familiar with the athlete lesbians. 
yeah. as a younger person, like in college and everything. My first experience with like knowing, like hanging out with people in my like age group that were gay or queer was at like a rugby party. Like it yeah. was literally the rugby team would throw parties yeah, and all of them were gay. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this, okay, this makes sense. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Yeah, um, I mean, so in terms of, you know, filing systems, whether it's two, mm-hmm. whether it's seven, there there is no finite number of ways to be a lesbian. No. You can present yourself however you want. The most important thing is to be comfortable with um, the way that mm-hmm. that you express yourself physically. Yeah. Um, you know, do, do what makes you feel good. If yeah. you want to have yeah. like muscles and long hair. Uh, like I did appreciate the muscular humble brag in that email. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super muscular, but... <laughs> I loved the visual. I, like I was like, that. tell me Good more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing like I the love women's soccer hair. team. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. So I'm having a hard time being really sexy and fit. 
That's great. Yeah. And and then also in terms of like your preferences for for what you're attracted to, mm-hmm. like I used to think I was only um, attracted to very femme women and most of my relationships have been with um, women who I would describe as femmes. Mm-hmm. Um, but like as I kind of got older, I found myself being more attracted as well to more like androgynous uh, type of lesbians or mm-hmm. or shorter hair. I had a one night stand with um a like um like a soft stud I would say okay. named Shane, and that yeah. was a fun night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like your your tastes and like what you're attracted to can definitely change over time It'll and change based on the person too. Yeah, I mean, if if you're putting pressure on yourself to like have to identify one way or be one way like right. it it's not important that it's just exhausting. sounds like so much energy devoted to something that doesn't matter yeah yeah <laughs> like yeah what like because like i i mean i go through so many different phases of wanting to like you know wear seven inch heels and a very tiny dress yeah or like wearing my like yeah wearing and, <laughs> and wearing jeans and motorcycle boots and like that's more Sarah's speed. Like yeah. both. I wear both of those and I identify and like it has nothing to do with like I don't know. It to me with it doesn't really some have sort any- of prototype. No. Yeah. Cuz yeah. I actually then this is why I wanted to bring it up cuz feminine visibility I don't even identify as like femme. I just say I'm queer and then like yeah. when I'm all dressed up I'm a bimbo. Like that's it. I'm a queer bimbo, but I and like and how what does queer mean to me? It means like if I want to fuck you, I'll let you know. Yeah, that is exactly how I identify because I was so I felt so much pressure in the beginning to identify with the community and in Montreal. I was I was like hanging out with all the like alt queers who like wore bike messenger hats and did dumpster diving and had like stick and pokes. And I was like, I yeah. have to be like these guys. And if you guys know what I look like, I do not. I would not fit in with these with <laughs> these oh, queers. Wait. And I tried so hard. Diving. There was like the super like DIY queers who would yeah. like literally yeah. make a sweet potato pie out of like dumpster food, which I'm totally down with dumpster diving. That's no, not it's it wasn't a criticism. That's just like what they were into. I've only seen that yeah. in, in Portland, Oregon, where where that's a thing, or where, oh, where, like where I knew like, like, like people yeah. who oh, freaking I was yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> people who aren't homeless who are eating out of right dumpsters, oh, yeah. but but in Montreal, like that shouldn't surprise me because the the homeless or I don't even think that. A lot of mm-hmm. them are homeless, but a lot of the people you see on the street in Montreal uh, who are asking politely, asking for money. In two languages. In two languages. Yeah. <laughs> They're all bilingual. <laughs> They're, they all just look like hipsters. Yeah, yeah. It's just like dudes in flannel shirts and cool hats yeah. just kind of like sitting <laughs> totally. on the side with like a very polite sign in two languages yes. asking for money. So I'm like, oh, of course, like there'd be that subset mm-hmm. of... Yeah, I mean, I guess Dykes making casseroles out of yeah. garbage. Yeah, it was just like what they were doing. It was yeah, it was it's cool. Just like that alt cool person lifestyle. Yeah. I've never ever been. Yeah. So so you felt like you weren't fitting in with them. Yeah, when I you felt first really. Pr- well, I had just yeah. come out because I met this girl who I fell in love with. Right, and that's how it happened. And I, I didn't even think about it. I was just like, why am I checking out this girl's ass? Like, why am I doing this? Very aware of it. I knew she was gay, so I was like. 
And I just like, oh my God, I like felt so in love with her. And then a couple months later, she dumps me for the butchest girl on her rug, on her, not rugby, on her roller derby, roller derby team. Oh, wow. That's so the other I, that's option. That's the only Again. thing gayer than rugby. Right? <laughs> roller and she, derby. And I was just like, oh my God. I was like, I'm never going to be butch enough for like to be gay, you know? Because it was yeah. just like, I didn't, I mean, like when you're just coming out, you don't really know what you're doing. You're just trying to figure it all out. You're trying on all the haircuts, mm-hmm. all the undershirts. You know, yeah. like I was trying so hard to like fit in and like attract, you know, I don't even know what I was trying to do. I was 21. I mean, I didn't yeah. know what I was doing yeah. in any, in any element of my life, but I just remember feeling so out of place and like not seen as queer. And at sure. the time it was really important to me cause I would just come out. Now I don't really care. I'm also married and like, but I think like the, like if anything, that experience has just made me extremely assertive. Mm-hmm. with who I want to fuck. And I, I think maybe a lot of femme presenting women feel this way. It's like you have to do the choosing and you have to be the aggressor. You have to be the one who like lets yes. people know, hey, what up? I'm down to fuck. Mm-hmm. Are you? Like, cause like otherwise you're just like, no one's ever gonna, like I, like my wife looks gayer than me, I guess. Right. And when we go out to like gay events, which we don't ever, but occasionally we do, she gets so much tension. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I get jealous. <laughs> I'm like, everyone's like literally, like we were at a bar in Tokyo at this lesbian bar and there was a girl literally wrapped around my wife. And I was like, if somebody was wrapped around me right now, I wouldn't be so fucking jealous. Yeah. But right now, somebody's wrapped around you and she's having a great time. And I'm like, fuck this shit. This is awful. I hate Japan. But it's just like, <laughs> this whole country sucks. <laughs> but it's just like those moments of like not feeling seen or recognized mm-hmm. as part of the community. Yeah. It's like, I don't put myself in situations like that very often, but it always stings when I do. I'm like, what the fuck, you know? Mm-hmm. But then you're just like, get it together, Jack. Go find someone who you think is hot and go and buy them a drink and you know, let them know. Yeah. It's so funny to bring yeah. that up because I've to. never thought about it that way. But I've – so the whole time that I've been out, I've always felt like I've had to be the one to make things happen with other women. It's mm-hmm. always like I like someone else and now I have to figure out a way to ask them on a date, to do this, to do that. It's mm-hmm. never people approaching me. And I never knew why why that was and had like a lot of very negative explanations mm-hmm. for maybe why that was. But this is a nice explanation that maybe it is that that I wasn't um, – Present like people probably didn't know where I stood, or you know, or women whatever. are like, oh, she might be, but nah, I don't want to risk her. You know, because there, there's a there's a there's so much like yeah fear in you. At least there always was in me about like approaching a woman who that to find out like isn't interested. Like the fear of that kind that particular yeah. kind of rejection is enough to keep me from being like I'm not gonna fucking talk to her. Mm-hmm. I'll uh, let her come to me or like whatever. Like I just I would never. There are a couple times in in gay bars where I would like a gay guy bar and um, there would be women dancing and I would try to like dance with them and they would give me this look like get away from me dyke and it was like because there are straight women there there are straight women there but but I'm also like then don't be at a gay bar like oh I hated that yeah you you could just like be like I'm not it wasn't like I'm not an overly aggressive person, no. so it wasn't like I was going up and like putting my hands on some woman's ass or anything. But yeah. like, if, if I even like got near them, they'd they're like, uh, be "I'm like, straight." Yeah, yeah. And I'm this like, is my friend. She's getting okay. married. <laughs> okay, we get it, Stephanie. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> you're here because of the novelty of a bunch yeah. of cute guys that aren't going to sexually harass you. Like, gay mm-hmm. people are your playthings. We understand. Ugh. That's the worst. Straight women, stop going to gay bars. 
Let's take a quick break to remind you that this episode is sponsored by Studio, Swedish headphone company making headphones that look as great as they sound. I've been using the Regent model, which are the Bluetooth uh, over-ear headphones. Um, I like over-ear headphones because they are one more barrier against uh, men approaching you, asking you questions on the train about what you're reading. Um, so go to studio.com and use the code DYKE, D-Y-K-E, to get 15% off your first purchase and free shipping worldwide. Again, these headphones are fantastic. They're extremely comfortable. They're light. The sound is incredible. Um, and they look really chic, too. There's a black and a white uh version of them and they're both pretty rad back to the show i mean i i know i shouldn't say i like i when i go to a gay bar especially or if it's like a ladies night yeah i find it so uncomfortable still yeah like, I I'm like, or like i went actually i went to this amazing queer dance party called is it called hot rabbit oh uh, yeah rabbit. okay yeah, yeah, that yeah. was really oh, fun hot rabbit. that yeah. was really fun i had a good time and i was there dancing with my friends and we had a great time but I remember, I was like, I haven't been to a queer ladies' dance party in probably, like, eight years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they were a place of so much anxiety for me because I felt like, I was like, okay, the only thing all of us have in common is that we like to fuck women. And, like, that was – like, and I was like, I don't know what else we could possibly talk about <laughs> apart from this. And I remember yeah. another time at another dance party, like, in the very beginning when this first girl who I was, like, fell in love with who dumped me for her roller derby – coach um she told me one time i made some l word reference because that show definitely made me gay yeah um, and she told me she said you're not gay enough to know about the l word oh and she that's was rude what? totally rude but it's like but again negging she was negging right. me to yeah. like test me out and to see what was going on but it's you don't realize that negging someone to find out if they're gay is actually it, like you might be confirmed that they're gay, but all you do is make that person feel like shit. Right. Yeah. You know, I was like, well, how gay do I have to be? And that's why I like sh- cut my hair real short. That's why I started wearing underwear- undershirts and shit. And it was just mm-hmm. like, why am I trying so hard to please someone who's going to dump me for her roller derby coach? Yeah. <laughs> and also, my, my mom is gay enough to know about the L word. Yeah. And she's yeah. straight. Yeah. about the L word. Yeah. Everyone knows. Yeah. Um, no, so so when you did all these things, how did how did that make you feel like trying to change your um your image to fit what you thought other people wanted rather than what felt natural to you? I mean, my early 20s were a shit show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, um stripping really saved me as far as identity goes because I love – I've always been a performer. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a comedian. Like, I need the stage. I need the mic. I yeah. need the attention. I need the lights. I need the cash. Like, I need all of the things that I get as a performer, whether it's comedy or stripping. So, so when I started stripping, I was 23. And that gave me permission to, like, put on all of the outfits, all of the makeup. And, like, sex was always about power for me before it was about pleasure. Mm-hmm. So – I had that opportunity to be my bimbo self. And then when I wasn't working, I didn't have to do that. Like, I don't like getting dressed up for anybody really but myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like – I don't. that's why I don't have, identify with some of the, like, high femisms about, like, always having your lip liner on. I'm like, no, oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Like, I look like trash outside <laughs> most of the time, you know, because I also don't like the attention unless I'm getting paid for it. I do like, want to say for our listeners that Jack looks really nice today. She does. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, I, I actually, I'm going to a brunch later, so I have to look like cute. Um, but 
but I think like having spaces to put on the costume. Yeah. Whether it's a butch costume. I also like am such a handsome man. I love dressing in drag. I look really good as Brett Michaels. Oh, oh my god. Amazing. Oh my god. I love <laughs> I love dressing in drag. I just do, need do more you do drag? Just for like, like parties and Halloween or if I feel okay. like it. But like I love yeah. putting on like a dirty stash, just mascara on my actual lip hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and like it I love doing that too. I just love performing anything that's a character. Yeah. So I think stripping let me really do that. And then like and you have to like I had really short, I had a super cute lesbian haircut, but like I had to grow it out to make more money. So mm-hmm. but I like having all of those things, but like having the place to be like, like a bimboy slut with lots of lip gloss is so important to me. And then also not having to do that also yeah. is great. So I don't even know how I don't even know how it would have happened if I didn't have that place to do it. But that's great. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. that. No, it it is n- nice to just have that that freedom to be able to express yourself in different ways, like depending on the the situation mm-hmm. and um again I mean I feel like I do feel bad for straight women for a number of reasons but <laughs> oh um, but part of it, it yeah. is this pressure Such a long yeah. to, mm-hmm. <laughs> um to have to live up to these like feminine stand so even though um I would identify more on like the the femme side of um of being a lesbian I still don't feel the same pressure that straight women do to fit that kind of femme archetype, like mm-hmm. getting your nails done all the time, um, getting your, you know, um, bikini wax and yeah. like all those things that are considered like the it's essentials. It's rigid, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, that shit is work. All the things that you just described. Yeah. And it costs money, money too. Well, so as a stripper, those things are a write-off and those things are required. Sure. So I treat those things like work. Yeah. So if you're not a sex worker and you fuck men and you feel like you still have to do that, I would be so pissed for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because it's like... Women should get a tax deduction for all that bullshit. We like. do. Yeah. We do. I keep every receipt yeah. from every manicure, yeah. every hair appointment, everything. It's like because it's great. part yeah. of the job of performing yeah. femininity. But if you have to do that for some motherfucker for free yeah. and they're bitching about how like he always has to pay for dinner, I'm like... Listen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I literally man. have. The Let receipts. me show you the receipts from like Sephora and all that shit. Yes. Right. You know. Uh, I think you, you can cover the bill for dinner. Yeah. Right? Uh, and and black women have it even yeah. worse. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. The, women of color the have standards. To do all this other shit too. That yeah. That they're held up to. It's it's an insane amount of work mm-hmm. to to keep up this. And like. It's different if you're doing it for yourself. Like, I know a lot of women who, including my girlfriend, who keep, who, like, do all the things, like, the nails and the hair and all that because, well, actually, part of it is, like, a professional thing for her, but, um, you know, it is for themselves, but there are a lot of, but then you hear things that straight men say about women, like, well, you know, about, like, makeup and hair and how everything has to be on point all the time, and it's, like, that's such a ridiculous, and it's always, like, schlubby guys who you can tell don't take care of themselves that are yeah. saying things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a, I think there's a lot of pressure on straight women from potential mates in straight men, yeah. or their actual mates in straight men, or straight men in general, or other women who yeah. tear the, each other down for not having everything perfect and, you know, the makeup and the hair and everything, and that's kind of, that's exhausting, but it's, it's, it's so hard. It's very person by person on whether they're doing it for themselves or if they, or if they've sort of 
you know, agreed that like, okay, I, I have to do this. So I might as well enjoy it kind of thing. Like there's yeah. so much, there's so much effort and money that goes into it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's fine, you know, whatever women, women want to do, but I don't know. I just, I can't imagine keeping up with those, with those standards and how they change and like just the fucking money alone required to do all that shit. Well, and mm-hmm. the money that the companies make off of making women right. think that they have to do all this stuff and like magazines while and- while mm-hmm. saying in their ads like "You're beautiful the way you are," like "You're you go, girl," like "You're so pretty," blah blah blah. Buy our shit though, to, yeah. like put our stuff on your face. You know, like the, yeah. it, the advertising directed towards women. You know, with like the whole feminine, I guess, like structure or whatever. I don't know. It's yeah. really it's bizarre. Like. I look at it as sort of an outsider because I'm androgynous and I don't wear makeup, but it's really, it's kind of, it sucks how much is just constantly pumped into women from companies to make you feel like you're not enough without their product. Yeah. That's a different rant. I mean, putting on makeup when like, when you see women do a full face, like my makeup routine is super minimal, but like these women are artists. Oh, these yeah. women are surgeons. These yeah. women are, <laughs> are like patient and yeah. like they understand the technique and all of these products. Like they put so much work into it and we need to appreciate that. Yeah. We yeah. need to appreciate how much work goes into a full face Oof. of makeup because if you try to apply a full face of makeup when your regular routine is just like a little bit, yeah. like it is embarrassing. Like I've tried to like, you know what, maybe I'm just going to go all out today. And I was like, oh my God, I look like the uncool stepmom. <laughs> you know, like it was so bad. I was like, I'm going to, yeah. cause like it's ritual for a lot of women, you know, yeah. of putting it on their armor for the day. And yeah. I like that. We need fucking armor, yeah, man. It's it's a dark, it's, it's a tough time out there. And whether your armor is like, I have a dress that's like, denim and it looks kind of Mormon. I call it my leave me alone dress. <laughs> I wear it frequently, uh, especially in the summer. But like that's another kind of armor that I have is something that makes me look, I put my hair on like look a French like braid. Chloe Sevigny. Yeah. Totally. It's not even that cool. Like it looks, it doesn't look cool. It looks like literally leave me alone. I have yeah. a number of these dresses and that's a different kind of <laughs> I armor. I met Chloe Sevigny yeah. in Big Love. Oh yeah, 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 yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but she's still hot. She's hot all the time. I know. Man. You know, but like, I don't know, just the armor of, of costume for me. Like, I don't know. I, yeah. think, I feel like every day is costume. And that's why I find like when when people try to like determine what kind of lesbian or queer person you are, it's like, well, you're a different kind of queer person every day of the week depending on how you feel. Like if I'm like super PMS-y, yeah. mm-hmm. like I'm definitely wearing my soft pants <laughs> to – the cap- everywhere. To, to everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and that's fine. And sometimes Soft I want to look extremely extravagant. And sometimes I want to like be like decked out in leather and denim. And like yeah. all of those things are fine. You don't need to ascribe to one particular identity to like have a queer identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like queer is like something that you, for me, is queer is something that I do. Yeah. You know, not something that I try to embody every day. Like queer yeah. is in like, are we fucking later? Yeah. You know, that's pretty much it <laughs> yeah. for me. Like, and I, and I know it's different for a lot of different people, sure. but I think why I was so stressed out about my queer identity when I first came out was because I felt like I had to fit into all those things. And yeah. I'm different every day of the week. So it took me a long time to get there. So if there's any baby dykes out there listening, <laughs> you just put on your lip liner and you buy her a drink <laughs> and let her know you're down. 
<laughs> because you're still way less creepy than the guy who's yeah. going to do that. So yeah. <laughs> she's probably thankful for the company. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, though, I mean, for like speaking from my experience, um, you know, the the last time I was single for for a stretch and. Um, I didn't want to be on dating apps um, to meet women. I would go to lesbian bars and I would go to lesbian bars like a couple of times a week. This is when I lived in Atlanta and um, that was a place where I could go. I'm like, by being here, the women here hopefully know that I'm a lesbian besides this, mm-hmm. unless somebody knows me like other than meeting people in your personal life and um, dating your friends, which is what I eventually did. Like when, yeah. when you're femme, you're not getting asked out at a regular bar. Yeah. You know, you're only having guys bother you at regular bars. Um, but now lesbian bars are like closing up. Yep. And, you know, what? you don't really have those spaces to go up and buy women drinks anymore mm-hmm. and approach women uh and especially and if you're not at a bar i mean if you if yeah. the bars aren't your thing if bars aren't your mm-hmm. thing that's why i, I don't see what it, dating like, apps are for but i don't like people who like shit on the whole online dating concept or the community because it's like that's kind of the sometimes that's the only way to meet people you yeah, know like totally. that's it's a i mean and, and including straight people in that too like not yeah. everyone has an easy time just like approaching someone in public so when i hear people kind of shitting on like millennials for being on dating apps and everything. It's like, well, that's like, who cares? Why do you, why do you care what we're doing? Yeah. yeah. That's like how I met so many people when I first moved here. Yeah. Like it's yeah. just not, it's not a thing to be ashamed of by any means. Much more Embrace efficient. it. Yeah. Introverts need to get laid too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know? like I, my ex, <laughs> oh God. I met my ex on gaydargirls.net. What? This is, what oh my is God. Never that? Had that. I know, right? That sounds um, like something that would be made up for an L word storyline. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> you, you wouldn't believe the website. Well, it's so funny. So in Bangkok, this um, queer, who I think is in Portland now, she, I don't know if she was, she created it or she was running it. It was called Bangkok Lesbian. And they had like lesbian parties. And at, and it was like this enclave of like expats who are all queer going to these things. Anyway, one of the girls, I was like, I'm going to move to Sydney. She's like, oh, you better get on gaydargirls.net then. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> she was like from the north of England. I don't know if that was a good accent. But I, I get on it. this website. It's lime green, black, and like ivory wow. colors. And that's sort of what I pictured. Yeah. My, at least yeah. the lime green. I picture like the GeoCities totally. like, logo. Yes. Yeah. And I found a profile that said Dolly Parton for president and a picture of a girl's like face averted and a collarbone. And I was like, I'm going to date her. Yeah. And we. (laughs) (laughs) Being a young lesbian before 2005. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This was was later. Later than that. Yeah. yeah, It's like 2010. Anyway. she was super shy and introverted, and like yeah. introverts need yeah need that bio. And her friend gave her the Dolly Parton for president. She was like, "That wasn't even mine." She was like, "My my like lesbian coach gave it to me." <laughs> I wish I had a lesbian coach. No, me too. <laughs> I didn't have anyone. I didn't have any like mentor or anything mm. like that. You know, Just someone recently uh, a lesbian at uh, this networking thing I was at said that Dolly Parton was a lesbian. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, her I Judy? I didn't her, know that yeah, was yeah, a thing. Absolutely. I know her I know redhead? someone, one Joe, of my best friends interviewed her and she was for like her job a while ago. And yeah. uh, she was like, yeah, this woman was like there with her. And she's like, I definitely got the sense that they were partners in every way. 
I they, didn't know that are. that was a thing. Oh, yeah, oh my god, a, a lot of people know that. I'm yeah, just, yeah. Usually, I'm not in the dark about these things. I was, usually, usually, I, usually I, you're like, the one that brings it up, and I'm like, I have really? Google news alerts on these. <laughs> <laughs> no, her partner is Judy. She's this amazing redhead, which will make Jolene make so much more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, well, I have a whole theory that Jolene is just some reverse psychology shit to try to get this girl to have a threesome with her and her man. Ooh, now I like Jolene, that Jolene, yeah. please don't take my man. Jolene, Jolene, you're so hot. Please don't take my man. Yeah. Jolene, Jolene, you're beautiful. Oh my God, you're so gorgeous. Don't <laughs> don't fuck this guy. Yeah. Please. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that is essentially the song. Come on. Yeah. That song is on the playlist uh, at my at work, and I love whenever it comes on. It's like one of my kind of one of my favorite songs it's, ever. It's actually. a beautiful I song. Love I love yeah. Jolene. I Jolene is amazing. Do not like country music for the most part, but there's like Dolly's her own genre. There's it's like fine. five songs that that I'm like when it comes on I'm like all right I'm yeah. into this this one yeah <laughs> but like jo- Jolene's like the top mm-hmm. maybe that's why yeah, yeah. it speaks it's to all us all those mage less vibes <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah um, I just remembered that there was a period again when I was going to these lesbian bars twice a week where I was wearing I started wearing vests and I was like maybe this will work oh my god <laughs> I did a vest and I started wearing vests out and just <sighs> feeling like okay now I'm a lesbian and then I once vests in a while really find a picture amongst yeah. queer girls back oh for in, sure I find oh a picture god. of these vests and I'm like mm. I. I know that there I love are it pictures of it. me in this particular vest that I had that I just pray never surface again. It was so bad. Like, what I kind wore, of vest was it? Um, I would. Well, so I, I got it. I think I got it in the men's section at H and M. I'm pretty sure, and it was yeah. just like a like a three piece. It, it, it would would have come with like a three piece suit, basically, oh, but okay. like a very generic, was it shiny, like, dark gray. No, it wasn't okay. shiny. I was in this weird sort of. Between like super femi just coming out because I date the woman that I was dating was like pretty butch and then sort of I was in this really bizarre aesthetic phase where I just wasn't really feeling myself and didn't really know what to do. Yeah. So I would wear it with like jeans and heels yeah, and like a little shirt and the vest. Yeah. And like my long hair was like straightened with like a hot iron like we are probably dressing this way around the same time. Probably. This was like 2004. <laughs> 2006, seven, 2006, uh, maybe. Yeah, I think it was like 2009 for me that I was. Yeah. Vests. Oh, you well, know what? Is- I think it was around that time because I just realized I was over 21 was at it that time. Post I was, Obama. <laughs> it was just before Obama. Okay. So things just weren't good, <laughs> and <laughs> things really took off for me during the Obama administration. But yeah. um, yeah, that vest. Ooh, that was bad. But I, st- I, I quit Facebook at a at some point in, like, 2012. And then when I got back on Facebook in, like, 2015, I started an entirely new profile because I knew the kind of photos that would be on my old one if I just revamped that one. Oh, oh my God, real. that vest is so bad. Yeah. But there's definitely a cool way to wear vests, I'm sure. I just haven't found it. I like vests. Vests are I'm awesome for vests. the right – yeah. But yeah. I, the way I was wearing it was just – it really, it was very clear the exact time period that this was, that totally. this was like, I'm so cool. It was like my cool outfit. Yeah. It's embarrassing. One of my friends is for sure going to unearth a photo and text it to me when they listen to this. Please do. And then we'll post it on oh, all we'll of our it. Yeah. social media. <laughs> Somebody send it to Diking Out. Just, yeah. just so Sarah doesn't have a chance to screen it. Uh, out at gmail.com. I will get oh to it my first God. Yeah. and post it immediately. But that was like my attempt as a more feminine, still a more feminine presenting woman to like signal. 
Like yeah. I thought that was like my signaling move. I mean, it worked, but. So if like, what's a good signaling move for somebody who's very femme, who's feeling like invisible to the gays, to the queer ladies? Oh, that's such a good question. A si- to all, like to the community or to the person that you want to talk to? Oh, that's interesting. Well, let's talk both. I think to the community, like be like, I don't need to wear anything that is going to signal that I'm queer. Mm-hmm. And then just by saying that, I think is announcing that you're queer. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I feel like you don't need to, like a signal could just be saying it, especially with social media. Like I, you, there's so many things yeah, you can no, do. Yeah, now social media, you can make you it know? More, more clear. Yeah, and yeah. like there's not. I mean, I love a joke about like. I don't know, like the queer bimbo nails. Like, you know, when you have, like you file the first two, your middle finger and your index finger, file those real short and then let the rest fly real long. Yeah. That is a great signal. That See, is I, a- I usually look at look at nails would be mm-hmm. a thing for me if I couldn't tell with a woman mm-hmm. to see if her nails were, were short. Well, I keep and these short. Unmanicured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then then I met a, a woman who uh was very attractive, and I was pretty sure she was gay, but then she had long nails, but it was because she was in a sexless relationship. Oh, okay. So- <laughs> <laughs> well, I know lots of queer ladies who uh. fuck women who have all their digits really, really long. There's so many things that you can do. You can put a cotton ball, like this is what porn stars do. You can put um, a cotton ball over your nail and then a condom or like a finger condom over it, and you can go oh, to town. okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's so that. many different ways that I've seen different women do it. There's and a Korean amazing. fried chicken place that I go to. <gasps> I know exactly what you're talking about. Pelicana? Where they give you the finger condoms? Yeah, the finger condoms. Yes. And I I use them because like the chicken's really hot and messy and uh, my wife laughs so hard every time and she thinks it's the funniest thing because you, it is like literal like funny finger mm-hmm. condoms that look like they're made for something sexual. Totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it just covers like your thumb and your yeah. your two fingers. Oh and they're like God. ribbed so that you can have traction with the chicken wing. So like yeah. ribbed for her pleasure. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. They're amazing. <laughs> and, and I always yeah I, I make the same joke every time. I'm sure my wife loves it uh, that I'm constantly making the same joke but I'm like, I don't have to use these now. I can use them later yeah. if you'd like. Do you guys have extras like, no. of these I know. that I can take I with I can me? I take extra. I'm going to play with the finger Keep condoms. them in a bowl by the door. God. People are so lucky to be married to comics, right? Yeah. They get to laugh at the same jokes all the time. Oh, my gosh. Some of the questionable jokes I make with my wife are – but she she's a good sport. Yeah. But, um, and it's nice to have someone to float the jokes to. Yeah. In, yeah. in really inappropriate moments, I just can't help myself if a good joke comes to my mind. Yeah. Like, oh I have my. to say it. It's going to ruin the moment, uh, yeah. but I think we can recover. I think we can recover. Oh, great. Yeah, I make a lot of bad jokes. And when I get high, I think of all of my material. So I'm just sitting there and I'm like, oh, wait, that was funny. Let me get my notebook out. Yeah. yeah. And it's so – it's definitely the least tra- – well, I, there's plenty of unattractive things that I do. But I, I would never marry me or date me if that's what I was doing. It was like getting high, laughing, giggling with my wife, and then being like, wait, that was funny. One second. Yeah. yeah. And then like getting my notebook out because I always have it's like – part a, of my process. It is part of my process <laughs> yeah. though. And she's just – and sometimes it's too much. Like sometimes we're like – I've just become such a stoner lately, guys. It's just <laughs> it's amazing. Great. I'm good. so happy about it. Like, yeah. I've discovered edibles in the last year, and it's just a game changer. It's just I like it makes me it. love more 
and care less. Yeah. Yes. You know, like I'm just so much happier. better. Yeah. Everything's better. And like yeah. I think more ideas. Like I, mm-hmm. when you're high, you're just walking around with jokes with yourself. Yeah. You're like inside jokes with Jack walking yeah. down the street. I'm like, this is amazing. This is great. This could be a and web I'm not series. I'm <laughs> yeah. working on it. If, if you want to feel more like a, like a D-bag, uh, you can. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's. I'm not saying you're a D-bag, but like for, for me, it's when I leave myself voice memos with jokes oh, in oh. front of my wife. I Because I take my phone mm-hmm. and then I turn my back to her as if she can't hear me with right. my back to her. And then I like <laughs> leave a voice memo to my phone and then I return to the conversation. That's yeah. great. my thought for later. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. We're the best. And most yeah. of the notes are trash, too. You're like, this is not funny. This isn't funny at all. There's oh, like, I love like looking 10%. at my, uh, my like, oh, yeah. iPhone notes feature. I pull it up and I'm like. Don't remember writing any of this. Yeah. Obviously thought it was hilarious at the time because I wrote LOL next to it. <laughs> yeah. Because that case means there was, it's funny. In case there was yeah. any confusion. I'm going to remind funny. myself later that this is hilarious. Yeah. I'll have notes that are like dyslexic farts and I'm like, what yeah. is that? Yeah. What does that even mean? Why? Oh, uh, that's funny. Cool. Well, is there anything else you want to say on femme invisibility? Hmm. Just... I don't know. I mean, I'm not really, it's not really my, uh, my subject because I am clearly gay, but, but I remember going through that sort of finding yourself with your personal aesthetic and yeah, like you said, like there is no, there's no right way. There's no like, yeah, there's not any certain like archetype you have to fit in. Um, just be comfortable because that's going to radiate more attractiveness when you're happy with yourself than anything else than any like sort of performative thing that you're doing. Yeah. And and I think that things have gotten a lot better even in the last Mm -hmm. like five years with online dating and everything and in more representation in terms of media and on TV of seeing, uh, I mean, this is both good and bad that pretty much all of the lesbian characters on TV are these beautiful femme women, Mm -hmm. uh, which is great for femme visibility, but then also it sucks because we have so few butch characters that are uh, on TV and we want more of that diversity. We want those very muscular uh, lesbians (laughs) who are Canadian and have long hair and (laughs) uh, all all different kinds of representation. So, so I think it's gotten better and I don't think that there is as much of that, like you need to look gay or like you're not gay enough. And and then if someone Mm -hmm. is telling you that you're not, gay enough or you don't look gay enough like you don't want to be with that person anyway that person has issues that if, person's yeah. gonna dump you for their roller derby coach yeah, anyway. roller derby coach. <laughs> literally or like metaphorically they yeah. will be doing that. yeah but i think a lot of the time though that that is a reflection on that person and their own insecurities if if somebody yeah. has a problem with the way that you present yourself as a gay person if they're like oh you're you're not gay enough like that's if, it's if definitely yeah, mirroring their own. Yeah, if you're a young lesbian and you're hearing that from someone, know that the problem is not you; it's the other person, and mm-hmm. they have some type of insecurity that they need to work through. Yep, and, and it's not your problem. You'll be and, fine, and you don't need to like be an archetype to be queer. Yeah, yeah. Like you, it's at, like you're already queer. You're already doing it. Yeah, wear what you love. Wear what inspires you. Wear what feels good. Present yes. yourself how you feel amazing and confident, and then fitting into a community won't feel like such a fucking task. Mm-hmm. You will just find your community. And it might not be the quote unquote queer community. It might be another subset of brilliant people who identify in all sorts of different ways exactly. who will love you for your confident, brilliant, stylish self. Yes. 
That's awesome. That's two it episodes is. in a row now where our guests wrap things up I know. in such a nice way. <laughs> and all I can do is just sit here and clap like one of those little those little symbol toys, the little monkeys, the symbol. You did a great job. <laughs> uh, so we like to end our episodes with a uh, random question. And this week it is, oh, when was the last time you felt like you had to hide your sexuality? Oh, man. Um, probably just being at home, like in the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, a long time ago. I mean, this has been a while, but, um, yeah, probably when I lived in the Midwest, uh, right before, well, kind of before I moved here five years ago, just working in like, I worked in this really shitty bar full of like, the clientele was just like gross blue collar dudes. And I sort of didn't want them to know anything about me because that would just invite disgusting questions. So not... Not that long ago, really, like six six years ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that seems like long ago because I still sometimes I'm like, don't hold my hand. Oh my yeah, mind. no, I don't. Mm. Now it's all out. It's just everywhere. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would say in that in in that like midwestern community for sure. Yeah. I'll never tell my wife actually not to to hold my hand, but mm-hmm. definitely like no kissing. So when we were in, um, we were recently in Disney World, and. I'm like, please don't try to kiss me here because I don't know if there are going to be people who are going to get, like, really mad by us kissing Mm -hmm. maybe in front of their kids or whatever. And, like, I don't need somebody calling me a dyke or whatever to ruin my vacation or to get, like, nasty looks at Disney World. And it's, like, not really – Or, like, having a manager get involved or some bullshit, like, something that's going to end up going viral. I've heard enough stories where people overreact in places, like, um, on airplanes. Oh, yeah. Um, Like, there have been famous people who have gotten, like, told by flight attendants to, um, Mm -hmm. like, not be affectionate with their partners (laughs) because they're gay and, like – I feel like that would be something that might make my head explode. Mm-hmm. And then I would end up on some cell phone video of like cra- crazy dyke lashes out yeah. at Disney World. And I'm yeah. like, I don't want that. So let's just like pretend we're, you know, we can hold hands, but like that's it. Yeah. But but I I also hate that feeling though mm-hmm. of having to like be. It sucks. Because normally I'm not thinking about how gay me and my wife are like mm-hmm. they, it's just like normal i'm like oh we're just two people in love and this is how we act and this is how we go about our lives but then there's some situations where i'm like we're lesbians and this is wrong to people so you must behave accordingly yeah you always have to think of like icky. the potential uh con- like the social consequence of showing affection which is really shitty that we have to think about that yeah. but in certain environments um like disney world or yeah. the entire state of florida yeah you may have to <laughs> Like that's, I mean, that's kind of, cause yeah. you're in that, you're in that environment where it's like, you don't know, yeah. especially when kids are around. Cause God forbid kids see two adults show affection to each other. Yeah. And especially like Orlando to post pulse. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. that was weighing on me anyway. Uh, Jack. The last time I had to hide my sexuality was in Cuba. I was there a month or two ago. You were talking about this in your stand up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when we travel, Sometimes, I mean, it really, you just sort of gauge the vibe there. Mm-hmm. And so we weren't holding hands and it was terrible. Yeah. I mean, because like we had a really hard time there and just a woman walking alone. I'm like an extremely like white woman, you know, like I, so when I travel, sometimes it's 
really hard. And like, if we're holding hands, usually like people leave us alone, but because we weren't holding hands and I was traveling alone and like, if you're not accompanied by a man, it's like, you don't have an owner. So they think that they can like attack you. Yeah. A lot of the men. And she's like, I hate to make squeaky statements like that, but it was, it was like pretty traumatic actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like hiding my sexuality was just part of that trauma, but you just don't know. Yeah. Who's going to not be down. Yeah. With you holding hands with someone. So that really sucked. Yeah. But that's usually how we are when we travel. Yeah, traveling is a whole different thing. Yeah. yeah. Internationally, especially. I mean, I know um, my wife and I, we haven't gone to Peru yet where her family is, but we're going to be going soon. And, um, you know, she said, just so you know, like when we're there, like holding hands or any type of affection will will attract negative attention from – but just like men feeling like they need to be involved, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, chime in. Yeah, yeah. It's not so much mm-hmm. like that. People are gonna like yell at us in a mean way, but it'll be more like guys coming up and thinking like we're there for them. Yeah, yes, that's exactly. And, yeah, what yeah, happened. and like wanting yeah. to demonstrate their machismo even more right. and like puff out their chest a little bit and, and show us what a man is and that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. And there's certain places you just can't go. Like we were looking at going to Nevis for the holidays and they're like, homosexuality is a crime. It's like, look like we're not going to Nevis. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you have I to know. look at that too. That's something that I don't think straight people fully grasp is like making travel plans. That has to be kind of your first thing that you look at is like, what's what's the gay situation yeah. there? Because mm-hmm. some places are off limits in that case. I really want to go to Tanzania and it's uh, a crime there and mm-hmm. – um, I think more so between two men than two women because some countries are like that. But I had a coworker who was really into safaris. Mm-hmm. Not the hunting kind, but just like looking at – he was a wildlife photographer. Binocular yeah. kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Binocular <laughs> kind, camera kind. And I, I didn't realize when you say safari, a lot of people automatically go to like hunting. So when I say, oh, I really want to go on a safari, I'm not looking to like kill elephants. Yeah. I just want to see them. Uh, anyway – so it's it's a crime to be gay there. And this guy was so gay, so gay. He's actually Cuban. And there's a picture of them in, like, one of the villages in Tanzania. And there's, like, this welcome ceremony for um, the visitors or mm-hmm. that they do for people who are traveling. And they've got, like, the spears up in kind of this, like, tunnel formation. And this guy's just, like, skipping through the tunnel. Yes. And the picture, he looks so gay and i'm like how did they not just like spear you on site like how were you not arrested immediately and he's he's like oh there's so many missionaries that go there who act who are like (laughs) very gay yeah (laughs) like you know like a lot of repressed homosexuals so like like American men, a lot of American men that they just uh, think that that's Africans what American are, men are. <laughs> exposed to are, are like kind of flamey. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Oh my God, that's so interesting. Yeah. Like, I want to watch oh, that web yeah. series. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Gay missionaries. Because yeah. you, yeah. you don't have to be at home. You don't have to find a wife. You don't have to like have children. Yeah. You just right. go out and spread the good word of God and meet men everywhere. Right. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> all, gay, all gays leave home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, man. Um, Jack, where can people find you online and um, support you and all that good stuff? Yeah, people can find me online at Jack the Stripper. Jack is spelled J-C-Q. Jack and then the stripper. 
Uh, Instagram is where I'm most active, and you can also find me on Twitter. And on Amazon, I have books for sale. Uh, the Beaver Show is my memoir, and Striptastic, a celebration of dope ass cunts who like money, is also on Amazon. And if you like the sound of my voice, you can listen to The Beaver Show on Audible. Nice. Amazing. And if you want to keep in touch, you can sign up to my newsletter. If you go to strippersforever.com, on the top right corner, there's a little envelope. You can click on that. Yeah, and and also I just want to second following Jack on Instagram because she posts um, her illustrations on there and they're um, both fun and empowering and cool and I enjoy them popping up in my feed. All right. Um, Thank you. You can rate and review us on iTunes. Please go and, and rate us five stars in case those angry, angry, angry turfs <laughs> come and try to uh, tank our ratings. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at our handle Diking Out. Uh, if you have questions for us, uh, you can send us an email, dikingout at gmail.com. If you have a random question of the week that you want us to ask oh, in yeah, a future send episode, that. send that because I'm running out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Even though there's like infinite questions right. that I could ask people for some reason, it's like, yeah. Um, and if you're able to support us on Patreon, please do so. Patreon.com slash Diking Out. You can get pins. You can get temporary tattoos. We just mailed out uh, a whole batch of stuff. So um, if you ordered stuff, you will be getting that soon if you haven't already. You can follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Yo Carrie Carrie. And Sarah is only on Twitter. Mm-hmm. At the Sarah York. And thank you for listening. We hope you dig out with us next week. Bye. 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 Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.